The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 39 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show we have a very special guest. His name is Brett Pollock. Brett is a cinematographer, director of photography of such great films, many collaborations with writer-director Dustin Daniel Cretton, one of my all-time favorite films, Short Term 12. He shot with Dustin. Um, He went on to shoot The Glass Castle with Dustin and Just Mercy, Um, You know, collaborates with Brie Larson a lot, even shot her directorial debut, Unicorn Store. Um, He's done a lot of cool things. That's, you know, that's just scratching the surface. He has a bunch of credits that are really cool. Um, So I wanted to have him on the show because I recently met him one and it was kind of a thrill meeting the DP of one of my favorite films, a film that I've just, you know, loved. It's kind of like an indie gem where, you know, the cast is so great, but it was when all of them were on the cusp of becoming famous, it's like Brie Larson and John Gallagher Jr. and Rami Malek and uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who I believe this is like his first feature credit. Um, There's kind of a cool backstory with that, where he was the only actor from the Short Term 12 short film that won the jury award for Best Short Filmmaking at Sundance. He was the only actor in that short who was brought back to be a part of the feature and he was known as Keith Stanfield back then. And, you know, he, he does his thing in short term 12, the feature. And now we have Lakeith Stanfield, you know, one of the biggest actors working today. And it's just a really magical story. And I think they made something really beautiful. Oh, Caitlin Dever, a young Caitlin Dever is in the movie and does an amazing job. Um, just a really beautiful film. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it, but I wanted to bring him on again. It was a thrill to meet him, but I wanted to talk specifically about, you know, the cinematographer and how a cinematographer goes about choosing projects that they want to work on. And, you know, as screenwriters, I thought it might just be interesting to hear that out of a cinematographer's mouth. Now, I will say for the first half of this episode, it's just me fanboying out about short term 12. Um, and but from then on, you know, after after I get over my fanboy stuff, we do talk about screenwriting and we talk about story and storytelling, visual storytelling. And I think it's a really interesting conversation, so I hope you guys get something out of it. I know it's different than what I'm usually doing, and, you know, the next episode I'm actually recording tomorrow morning with a screenwriter, so never fear, this is still a screenwriting podcast. I just like branching out and doing different things, and you guys know I'm a director as well, so I like thinking about the whole filmmaking process, and I think for even screenwriters, solely screenwriters, that it's still a good practice to think about that stuff. So... That being said, if you like the episode and you want to help us out, you can talk about it on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you're doing, LinkedIn, I don't care, Tinder, talk about it on Tinder. Um, just link us. We're not on Tinder, but we are on Instagram and Twitter at Social Writer Pod. You can just tag us up, say something smart Brett said, say something dumb that I said. Or if you want to help us out and donate to the show, that would be much appreciated. There's a link in our bio in the link tree. That takes you to a PayPal where you can donate. I really appreciate anything I can get for doing this podcast. And if you can't afford to, that's okay. I hope you enjoy this episode anyway.
And if you would like to watch the video version of this podcast, you can do that. Go to my YouTube channel, Andy Compton, on YouTube. Um, you can search Andy Compton Social Screenwriters Podcast or search Andy Compton CAPTCHA or some bullshit and it'll bring it up. Um, and while you're there, I would appreciate if you subscribe to my channel. Um, I'm trying to grow my YouTube a little bit. Uh, that's about it, guys. I'm working away at these short films that I have going on. In fact, I am looking at the premiere profile right now for one of them that's called phantasmic it's a, a horror short and i am losing my mind but it's coming along good and i can't wait to get it out to you guys um but yeah i'm just plugging away and i hope you guys are too i hope you know it's january 29th right now as i do this intro and i hope that your january went well i hope you hit the ground running i know i did and i'm trying to just stay on that horse and just keep it going it's it's brutal sometimes, but, um, you know, no one said it was going to be easy. So uh, but that's all I got, guys. I'm going to let you go ahead and listen to this interview that I did with the great Brett Pollack. Brett Pollack, thank you for coming on the show today, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to, good to chat. Of course, yeah. So this is kind of a different episode for me. I haven't had a cinematographer. I've had you know, directors, a lot of writers, that's mainly what the show is, screenwriting. But, right. um, you know, we talk filmmaking and I've had, you know, some producers on, I've had a couple reps on. So like, I'm trying to just give, you know, writers like me who are just kind of up and coming or some who are even uh, earlier in their journey, uh, you know, some information that might be uh, useful. So that's what we'll try to talk about today. And I'm, I'm really excited actually to have a cinematographer and for those who don't know, Brett is the cinematographer often behind many of uh, director Destin Daniel Cretton's projects, um, including one of my all-time favorite movies in my top five, Short Term 12. It holds a really, really special place in my heart. If you haven't seen it, you really, really should. It's um, it's sweet and it you know deals with trauma in one of the most accurate and empathetic ways i think that's one of the things that makes it so special in my opinion and it's like one of those movies that was so magical that the cast you had everyone was on the cusp of becoming giant stars but they hadn't yeah. quite broken it yet yeah um yeah just a really magical thing and uh, i would you know we're going to talk about that but um also just you know i want to dive into how how cinematographers think about story and you know uh when you read scripts and start thinking about shots and visualizing yeah. uh, i think it's a really interesting thing for not just writers to hear but i know a lot of directors listen to this too and uh that's what i am you know wanting to be a writer director trying to climb the ranks here so yeah would love to get that perspective and uh i guess we'll just start man with um how did you get into the film business um i uh i reside from uh valencia santa cruz california which is just uh just north of hollywood los mm -hmm. angeles proper just by with traffic now an hour but it used to be like 20 30 minutes when i was, uh -huh. uh, when I was younger yeah. um so i uh you know living so close to hollywood um in southern california you're kind of aware and very uh like Santa Clarita um was most notable for uh I mean there's a bunch of studios and sound stages up there mm -hmm. um so very active in terms of shooting mm -hmm. it has a history of uh of shoot of uh film and television work um 
William S. Hart, who is a very old um, Western star, mm-hmm. uh, kind of Babylonish, you know, era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot around that. My uh, you know, a lot around San Cruz de Valencia is is um, William S. Hart High School, William S. Hart Museums. So I would grew up with. Uh, also, no, most of like when I was growing up, CSI was shooting there constantly. Like oh, you cool. would, I'd be driving around Santa Clarita Valley, um, going to work and stuff, and you just pass by CSI shooting um, at the mall, or you know, the show took place in Vegas, yeah, or one, whatever version of it they were doing. Right. There was one so in Vegas for sure. Um, yeah. But that season, the Vegas season, was shooting in Santa Clarita, so. Hmm. Um, I grew up um, with uh, and around, you know, uh, the industry. It was, you know, my some of my family um, was in industry. My uh, couple mm-hmm. cousins who are actors, um, mm-hmm. same side. My mom's side of the family. My uh, my aunt was an agent for quite some time. Oh, cool. Uh, my other cousin was a stand-in for for multiple years on sitcom. My mom ended up becoming a stand-in and still to this day is a stand-in on, on multicam television shows. So oh, nice. I, I grew up very aware of the industry. It wasn't like mm-hmm. as magical as it was to go to the films and, you know, go to the movie theater and like watch films and be enamored by them and love them as, as entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, which definitely is the case. I also, at the same time, was very aware that it was a means of of a uh, career, and and you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was it was they were jobs. It was it was. Uh, right. I knew people who were doing it for a living, mm-hmm. so I was always aware. I, it wasn't it wasn't sort of this magical thing that like it never dawned on me like oh people do this for a living mm-hmm. or like. At the theater, I was going. I can't believe people get to do this for like it was very. It was. It was. I was always very aware of it. Yeah. I never. I didn't. I didn't connect the dots when I was little that I would actually potentially be doing it for a living. Mm-hmm. I was always aware in the back of my mind that it was accomplishable. Like I could see people doing it. It wasn't out of reach. Um, sure. So uh, I was lucky enough to. Um, have a bunch of friends who were making films mm-hmm. in junior high and high school. And I uh, lumped into them and we just started, we were making films as kids. And mm-hmm. at some point I was, I, at some point I was aware that the film we were making, which at the time was on VHS, mm-hmm. um, uh, that none of the stuff we were shooting and making looked anything like, <laughs> yeah. Movie on the screen. Yeah. And I That's the really, most frustrating part about starting out. I was is really, like, <laughs> yeah, to this day. Yeah. You know, right. The constant um, it's the constant thing. Yeah. But um I I looked at it, I was looking at the stuff we were doing, and I was like, why doesn't look this look the same? So I took it upon myself to start to try to figure out how to make it more like an actual film. So mm-hmm. In the films that we were in the in the movies we were making as kids, I went to Home Depot and I got a bunch of like clip on work lights. Yeah. And my mom would go, my mom would come back from um doing her stand-in work and she mm-hmm. would be she'd make friends with like the grips and the DP and 
um, they would give her gels to bring home. And so I would like started figuring out like if I gel this light and I gel this light and I diffuse this light. And, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't think of it as me being a DP or being some part of it. It wasn't something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. It was just my, it was just me trying to figure out how to, how to actually do it. So, yeah. And how um, old are you at this time? This was probably, um, like early, early high school, if not late okay. junior. So cool. seventh, eighth, ninth grade, mm-hmm. um, I was really, I mean, and then it escalated, like as high school went on, I was very interested in, in filmmaking video, video, videography, you know, courses. I was always in video production. I was taking extracurricular video production classes outside the high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up leaving. I went to Valencia high school. I ended up leaving my senior year to go to COC, which is a community college in Valencia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was finishing my senior year mm-hmm. and I started taking cinematography and directing and screenwriting courses at COC mm-hmm. um, as a freshman in college to try to like speed up because I was, yeah. my video production teacher was, you know, I was at, at the time at the, by my senior year in high school or my, mm-hmm. you know, I was in video production. I was making up my own projects to do in my class because she was, you know, the projects that it was like, shoot an interview for, you know, shoot your yeah. mom, shoot your mom and interview her. And yeah. I was out there like making whatever I wanted, you know, yeah, um, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, was she, was she hyped about it? Do you remember at all the teacher? Like, Oh wow, this is pretty cool. I think, I think she was probably like, I'm in over my head with this kid. Cause he's yes. definite. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was really fun. We, I, I yeah. really loved her and I, I really, um, she definitely pushed me to, to, um, you know, explore. She gave me full yeah. reign and, and it was, mm-hmm. it was great. It was really helpful. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, the whole goal was just to go to film school, basically. I mean, the idea of going to film school, um, got me through high school. I don't know if I would have even graduated high school if it wasn't to like prerequisite to be able to just graduate to get to film school. So mm-hmm. I was able to, uh, luckily I graduated and, um, mm-hmm. I, I took a, I took some time off, but ultimately I, uh, I, I ended up going to the LA film school, mm-hmm. uh, and I was class of 2004, I believe. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and uh, I, uh, at the time, it was much different than if you look up the program now, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. It was very small. I had, uh, it was like a class of like 20, maybe, if not less. Mm-hmm. Um, classes started every other month. So you had this big gap between classes. And it was it was a one-year program. All in, it was like an immersive program where you go and you just make projects basically from the first day you learn all everything you know you have classes in every department mm-hmm. um and then halfway through you pick a concentration like a major and a minor in a sense and then that's and then you you concentrate that for the, the second half of the program mm-hmm. um 
And uh, I went there as a as a director, writer, director, as I think everyone goes into it. Yeah. And uh, and then I halfway through, I ended up just uh, realizing that I wasn't much of a director as much as I realized that I was more of a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I graduated. Um, <clears throat> with a little reel and, and, uh, slowly, but surely, uh, you know, made a, made a career and still, yeah. uh, still, still trying to, but, um, yeah. yeah, I was, was lucky enough to, uh, to, to, to make it this far, but yeah, it really, it really, you know, the birth of it was really sort of, um, just young making, you know, being a young kid making movies as we all were, Mm -hmm. and that being the driving force and and also i think if i i i constantly wonder if if i wasn't so close to it mm -hmm. being young with family in it and, and being aware of it and being surrounded by it would i have had the same like what i have have what i have actually know you know been confident enough that like it could be a career like oh yeah i can do this I thought yeah. I was going to be a grip to be completely honest. I didn't think I was actually going to be a cinematographer. I was, I just wanted to be a part of the industry. I didn't want, my goal wasn't like, I'm going to be a director one day. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it and I enjoyed making things, but I ultimately thought I was just going to become like a union grip and sure. grip and just work on movies. Like that was my whole thing. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to work on movies. Yep. Um, whatever capacity that meant. And I did mm -hmm. for a while, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was a long uh, version of, of how I got into it, but. No, that um, was great. Yeah. And it, yeah. it kind of leads me up to my next question. Um, so then, you know, you're out of film school, you're kind of making projects here. Uh, and then how do we get to meeting Destin and all of that unfolding? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was a while. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it felt like a while, but, um, mm -hmm. I graduated. Um, I was shooting a bunch of, I was shooting music videos. I was shooting everything I could. And sure. at the time I was really, my whole goal was to, was just that shoot as much as I possibly could. I was shooting for free. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even really considering myself, you know, a cinematographer or a DP at this point. I was just interested in, in, in building a reel and, yeah. um, uh, I was, I actually ended up working at the film school for quite some time. So in, in between, mm. in, so I was crewing on, I was, my buddy at the time had a, um, a five ton grip truck that he was, he was like an owner or operator. He was a DP that owned a five ton and he would go out and shoot these independent films. Got it. But me and, so me and my buddies from film school, like we all collectively sort of worked on these movies together. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I was, a, I was one of the grips and electricians. And I also worked as a assistant camera, you know, with one of my, uh, with one of my friends as well, who graduated years before me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was out working and, um, in between, I was also working at the film school as a, a midterm monitor, mm -hmm. um, which, came from the fact so at the time this i don't know how it is now but the school didn't allow you to go out and get um outside dps to shoot your thesis projects mm. uh, so 
you you were supposed to really just get crew from your class. I mean, that was the whole point. Sure. But the only caveat to that was that they allowed um, fellow, they allowed alumni to, you could get it's an alumni to come and shoot your film if they, if, as long as they went through the program. Yeah. So I was, I made most of my projects or I shot most of my projects at the time mm-hmm. um, as thesis is coming back and just so as as you know kids would graduate their thesis would screen at the film school mm-hmm. the, the up and comers would go to that that graduation see those films and so i i i i was kind of in circulation with these mm-hmm. students um yeah. shoot theses so i was building my yeah. reel yeah and then and then because i was at the school so often they kind of were like do you want to just midterm monitor and um, so I did. And mm-hmm. while I was working at the school, um, and this, this kind of dates it, um, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I just randomly got a MySpace message mm-hmm. from Destin one mm-hmm. day. I didn't know him. I just, it was, it was a message from, it was a blank. I mean, it was just a, it was just a, a random message from someone that I, I didn't know. And at the time my, yeah. MySpace page was my website. So mm-hmm. um, it just had my music videos and my work on there at the time. And he, whatever he had seen, he claims that he just Googled director photography or cinematographer. He Googled something. My MySpace page just popped up or however he got to it. I have no idea. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he saw a couple of the videos that I shot and he just decided to, uh, to, to message me about uh, a short film he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I agreed to meet up with him and we met, he was, li- he was in San Diego at the time um, going to SDSU. And we just, we got coffee, talked about the script and um, it, and you know, we got along really, really well. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I ended up shooting the short with him and, yeah. And, uh, and that was the yeah, short was, film version of short term 12, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was short term 12, the short. Yeah. Um, which then became short term 12, the feature. Sure. Um, and yeah, it was it was, you know, that was that was really how it, it was just, a, you know, a simple MySpace message. Yeah. Uh, that sort of uh, kicked off, you know, our relationship. So, yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Fun fact, a band I played in around like 2006, 2007, we met over MySpace. So like it was, it was right. the way in the mid two thousands. Yeah. It's funny. I, uh, I mean, um, it's probably, I don't really, I don't really get work from, in from social. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of not, and I told, and I get it. You know, I, I totally, under, I mean, I know plenty of people who, who, you know, their Instagram is their means of networking and for sure. work. I yeah. can't, I cannot relate to that because I'm not, yeah. Instagram has maybe gotten me less, less, far less than a handful, like maybe two or three projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never really been able to say that social media has helped me, but yeah. when I do think back, my space was the only reason I met Destin. So yeah, the, which, which if that's the one job I got out of uh, that short was the only job I got really out of, uh, out of social media, then um, yeah. I'm glad it was that one because uh, 
it it was definitely worth it. So um yeah. Thank yeah. you, Tom. So, Thank you, Tom, yeah, for my space. Still <laughs> still my number one. Absolutely. Yep. Right on. Yeah, that's super cool. Um and yeah, you just never know where you know, a creative collaboration that's going to last for, you know, more than a decade could come from. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that wasn't the intention, you know, like when, when, when yeah. you meet people and reach out to people or you come across people, especially now, like on Instagram or, or, or social media, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I never take lightly a chance to speak with, uh, another filmmaker or director or yeah. cinematographer obviously it's, i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, you know you don't yeah. know you really don't know the relationships that build mm-hmm. um i totally agree that's a huge that's the number one thing about this industry mm-hmm. um that is if you can learn it early mm-hmm. it's reputation mm-hmm. and it's it's networking you know yeah it, i mean that's the that's the political term for it that's like the technicality like it is networking yeah um but I don't, I'm terrible at networking, mm-hmm. but Me too. I value, but I value relationships a lot. The people, yeah. the people that I work with and the, the projects that I choose to do, a lot of it comes from, it, a lot of it has to do with me genuinely wanting to develop a relationship with the, this person and being, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that connection with, with, with the filmmakers and the project. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, meeting Destin for coffee, I had, I would not have guessed that, uh, it's been almost what, like 12 years or so mm-hmm. Is that 11, 11 years or so since, uh, oh, it's like, yeah, like maybe 12 years. I'm terrible. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even That's coming so up like, on 13. Short, Cause yeah. I always imagine, I mean, the short was, was 2009. So, oh. Um, 14? I don't know. I yeah, can't math. So like anyway. 14, yeah, so like yeah. 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. But yeah. Um, yeah, I could not have, uh, I would not have guessed that, that that on that message, I would have like 14 years later been been talking about, you know, still working with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Being really good friends. Yeah. yeah. We're like really good friends. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. we've been, we've been through quite, quite a bit together, um, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you know, and that's you know, it, it, again, you know, you don't know what what opportunity a project will give you. Yeah. Uh, and short, short, the short term, the short is like the perfect, the perfect example of of not really anticipating what you know what a pro, what a short can can do. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. And going back to your point about networking, I kind of feel the same. And Mm -hmm. um, I was just yesterday morning watching an interview on YouTube with uh, Dan Trachtenberg, the director of like 10 Cloverfield Lane and Prey Mm -hmm. more recently. Uh, Definitely a big fan of him. And he was talking about that. And he was like, you know, I'm kind of an introvert by nature. So these big like Hollywood schmoozing networking events, he's like, I can't do those. Like, I just don't. But he's like, I'm pretty good one on one. So anytime I get meetings or connections through friends or whatever, I always take it and, you know, I can, I can perform in that space. And I just thought it was cool to put that out there for people who might feel that way and they want to enter this business and you hear about it's so much schmoozing and networking and big parties and shit like that. And it's like, 
there's another path too for different personalities yeah i mean there's two parts of it there's there's the schmoozy part where you have you know there's events and things that you can go to if you if you choose to um and And probably should honestly yeah (laughs) you never know i'll be i mean it's funny because um at the time when short term when short term the short short term the short ended up winning sundance best short that year 2009 yeah. And that was the first time I had been to a festival. That was the first time anything I had ever done was in a festival, um, especially to, to like, you know, Sundance standard. Right. So, excuse me. So it was very exciting. Yeah. My agents were like, um, go to the festival. Actually, it wasn't my agents. I'm sorry. I didn't, I was not represented at this time, but mm-hmm. people were like, go to the festival. And I printed out a stack of cards mm-hmm. and it was like, go to the festival, talk to doctor directors, pass out your card, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I printed out all these cards and I, I went mm-hmm. up there with this intention of like, you know, just passing cards out to all these filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to this day, um, I still... <laughs> Those cards never left my pocket. Uh-huh. Um, the festival scene for cinematographers is weird because mm-hmm. festivals are for now. You can't if you're if you're an extrovert. This really doesn't apply because it's actually a really it's really beneficial when you can network and like get really great things out of festivals. My mm-hmm. experience being introverted is mm-hmm. that. Um, I was very aware that festivals are for directors. Festivals mm-hmm. are for the writer, especially writer directors. Like mm-hmm. festivals are for are, are are the thing. Absolutely, all about them. Every experience that I've had going to a festival with a film that I was a part of that I shot mm-hmm. has been waiting outside for the cast and the director to go do their press. Yeah. And off just walking Main Street or doing something <laughs> for them to get out of their thing. And yeah. then waiting outside of parties that I might not be on the list for. Mm. Um, or trying to get into parties that I am not really invited to, or I'm just tagging along. I'm just someone's plus one. Right. Uh, yeah. For myself, it's it's way, far too thankless, the cinematographer's <laughs> job. But really, yeah. really, it's really like weird. I didn't expect yeah. it. You expect to be a part of a, of a film and, and, uh, you know, and it's not, it's not that your job or anything you did, um, is any less than what they did. It's just Mm -hmm. that the, the, the way that festivals work is very much for driven and focused on, um, on writer directors talent, you know, they want to sell, they want to sell the movie. Yeah, and and that's why like things like camera homage are are great alternatives because it is it is a cinematography specific festival that is that and when you you know that's that's the experience that I think most DPs are hoping to get when they go to Sundance or you know yeah. something. Like that. What was it called? I hadn't heard of that. Camera homage. It's in okay. Poland once a year. Cool. Um, it's 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 uh, it's a it's basically a festival for for cinematography. It's, amazing it's focused on the cinematography it's you know it, it it is like if you are you know if you're if you're a dp mm-hmm. uh your your goal is is camera homage um cool 
Yeah, I'm going to look it, into that. That's it awesome. Is the, it is the festival focused on on the image. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. that's you know that's great. But but to the I mean the the point the real moral was that um, uh, I was I have always been terrible at networking. Even mm-hmm. to this day, going to festivals with films is mm-hmm. very awkward for me and very very hard to to chat up filmmakers and things to to try yeah. to. Um, you know, but there is a sense of it being very organic too. Like mm-hmm. those each each instance going going to a festival with a with a project, you know, 90% of it was probably me, you know, just feeling awkward in, in these situations. But I do each one had a moment of um being at a party and having a conversation with someone that was not expected or authentic. And not just about trying to, you know, pitch your film and go, to go see or vice versa. It was really, and so right. each right. each festival experience is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just for me, never really been about like I, I don't. If I go to a festival or think it's not, a, it's not my main focus is not to network and, and try to get more work. It's just to enjoy the enjoy the experience and celebrate the film that I'm yeah. with, and and not make it a not make it a business trans to try and make it a business transaction. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I roll at the much smaller scale festivals that I've been to with films. Just like yeah, just kind of there to hang out and like it's it's definitely cool when people say they liked your film, but I'm I'm very much a person who's not gonna walk up and chat you up. So I just kind of stand in the cut hoping someone like talks to me. No one, or, you no know. one at a festival is gonna come up to you and go, What what film are you with? And you're like, I'm with X film and them go, Oh no, oh I didn't like right. that one. Nah. exactly yeah, yeah, it's yeah exactly the best film at the festival yeah it's all i just saw that it's the best film at, it's the best film yeah. here so speaking um, of best film at the festival um at least on the awards sheet so you guys win best short at sundance with the short term 12 short right. film like you said man that's that being your first festival experience that's so crazy i mean you just went straight to like the top of the mountain at least in the short mm-hmm. film game for a lot of people mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, what's the vibe like with like you and the team, you know, like, are you guys just stunned that this happened? Yeah, we were, we were a hundred percent, uh, taken aback. We, yeah, we weren't expecting it at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I had only been there. I mean, long story short, I wasn't planning on going up to the film festival because I was, at the time, still, I was, I was, wor- I had like a nine to five normal. I was working at the mall, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get time off to go up to Sundance, and my my manager wouldn't give me the time. Oh my god! So I wasn't even going to go up to Sundance. I wasn't just I I, I uh, it was, and at the time, I was like, well, you know, whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just had one moment. And I, I, that I thought, you know what, like, when am I ever going to have, I'll probably never have another film at a festival ever again. This is, mm-hmm. if this is my one opportunity to have a film at a festival, I should just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I quit. Hey, I, good. I was going to say, that's what I yeah, I quit. I quit. And I, uh, or, I mean, I told them I'm going to Sundance. Mm-hmm. I can either come back and work when I come back or mm-hmm. you can let me go either way. It's your decision. I'm just going to go up and do it. Yep. Um, I drove up the day of the, I drove up and I went the day of the shorts party. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I made it up there just in time to right when it began. Mm-hmm. And I walked, I walked into the place. Um, and uh, the party was already like going, like I was just excited. I had two drink tickets mm-hmm. that they handed me. I went up, I saw Destin and everyone who was there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm so glad I'm here. And mm-hmm. within like five minutes of me being at that party, they were announcing the the all the winners of the shorts that night, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. And mm-hmm. we were all standing in the back. And when they announced short term as the winner of the short, um, I mean, we all we all had a moment. I remember vividly. We all had a moment standing there, like looking at each other, not mm-hmm. thinking we heard it correctly. Yeah. And Destin was even just like so shocked, like mm-hmm. completely stunned, taken aback. And yeah. I remember him going up there, like very emotional, feeling like it was it was the best yeah. way we could have because there was no anticipation for it. Yeah. Uh, and we were, yeah, we were just the rest of that, the rest of the time there was just fun. Right. <laughs> because, right. Yeah. Not because like we were winners, but just that like we had this experience together. It was, it and was the vibe so is so good at so that happy. point. Yeah. 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 It was, it was really, um, it was also helpful because we had won. And then the first screening of it, I went to when it played in the block, uh, we had yeah. already won. So oh, wow. it, it took a little less. I mean, it had played obviously up till there, but there were, for some reason, the, the award was presented like midway through like the first week or so, or first couple of days. So it okay. was kind of early. So there were still like blocks or a week, week worth of like screenings that it was, it was screening that people had already known, like it was the winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first one I went to was the day after that. And so mm-hmm. it already won, which took a lot of the pressure off me, like mm-hmm. staring at it, you know, with like, with, are we good it, enough to be here? Type shit. Full of people of just, yeah. you know, of, yeah. of just people, uh, you know, not completely um, having a little bit of like, okay, we won. So there is something here. So it's, it's, yeah. it's worth it exactly yeah. yeah god that's so cool that's such an awesome story and then like so how does that um how does it become a feature um that's a great question yeah uh it wasn't intended to be a feature it wasn't like a short concept uh proof it wasn't a proof of concept feature thing it was that it existed as a short and then since it got attention and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was, it was, it won, mm-hmm. I think was then when, uh, a, a production company was attached to then, you know, pitched it and, and tried to work with Dustin on making it a feature. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he had an idea for a feature in mind, but it, it wasn't the intention. It, mm-hmm. and it wasn't written. It was, so he had to write the feature version. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, it's very similar, but also much different in, in version in, in ways. Um, it is. So you can see that it wasn't like a proof of concept. And then we made the feature. It was like the feed, mm-hmm. the short was great. And then he was like, well, I could expand it and did. And so it, it lives yeah. sort of as its own, its own thing, which is great. Yeah. Um, but it took some time. We made, Destin and I had made like two or three docs, you know, docs mm-hmm. um, after that. The mm-hmm. first feature we did um, was one called "I'm Not a Hipster." Yep, mm-hmm. and we did right 
like a year or two before short term, because up until that point, Dustin hadn't hadn't shot a, anything longer than like a week. Um, yeah. Or less. Yeah. So he wanted to get we all were like, we should at least do something that's a little longer than a short film mm -hmm. together to kind of see how we how we develop and how we work for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, as an exercise in a sense. <clears throat> um, but we made hipster because we had an opportunity to make short term. Um, we had an opportunity to make short term and we were making sure that it was the right time. And we ended up mm -hmm. pivoting and making hipster instead and, and pushing mm -hmm. short term, not knowing if we were going to even be able to make it, but we just knew it wasn't the right time to do it. Yeah. Um, we, it was just like, and then hipster was like five of us. It was like, it was like me back when I was in high school making a, a film together. It was just like five yeah. of us in the cast. Mm -hmm. Like it, I was kind of doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were, we were shooting in Destin's apartment. We were, yeah. it was all very, like very minimal. Yeah. That's scrappy, how most of my short film shoots have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, and we, we developed, um, we developed with that, we kind of developed our working style in a sense. And yeah. um, so when we went into hipster, when we went into short term after hipster, mm -hmm. we were already we already kind of had a, 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 you know, we kind of figured out how to do a length, a, a thing that was a little more of length mm -hmm. uh, and uh, kind of just developed that and then did and then yeah. did short term. So, yeah, um, yeah, it took a bit, but it felt very organic. The way mm -hmm. that it happened, it felt really, it felt good by the time we got to short term. I yeah. had at the time also been, uh, I had been like growing myself as a, as an individual, as a cinematographer, you know, um, with some other directors and other projects. So I was slowly building, you know, I was, I was shooting bigger stuff as you know they were sort of developing short term so by the time we did short term i had already done two or three features mm -hmm. um uh to try and catch up to where destin was at because the mm -hmm. hardest thing about being, being a dp with with a director that you do like they're short with yeah and then they end up doing directors can, directors will make bigger leaps faster than dps Mm -hmm. um, so you could, so it's very common for for directors to work with their their DP that they've worked with on shorts for a while. Mm -hmm. The director gets the, gets a studio feature, mm -hmm. but the studio doesn't approve the DP to shoot it because they don't have they don't have enough credits. credits or sizable resume to be able to support that. Yep. And so I was aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, so my whole goal while Destin was sort of riding short term and getting that going, I was trying to make, I mean, I didn't really have a choice, but I was, my hope was that I would be able to get enough credits mm -hmm. um, and a reputation at least to mm -hmm. somehow convince them. Well, convince, yeah. but also like be at the same level as Destin. Sure. Um, sure. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. So I just tried to really work, as much as I could and shoot as much as possible to be able to match where he was at. Yeah. Um, 
I love that. That's that's yeah. I, I, I love when people set short ter- short term, but when people yeah. set short term goals for themselves in the midst of their you know ascent and they work out. Like it's not just I want to be a Hollywood DP shooting features. It's like to yeah. get here, I got to do this and that. And, yeah, I, yeah. I, and it's it's interesting because you constantly you do hear plenty of plenty of instances where you know the short the shorts go well and these DPs have relationship with directors and then end up not continuing to work with them, not, not to their choice, but, and Mm -hmm. I can, can, you know, and, 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 um, you know, I've shot everything that Destin has done Mm -hmm. except for Shang-Chi. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. that was, that was a situation where, um, you know, the studio was really specific as to who who they wanted. Yeah. I mean, Bill Pope and, ended up shooting it. So yeah. Um, so yeah. and if anyone knows who Bill Pope is or aware of like a movie like The Matrix, then yes. you know <laughs> and Scott Pilgrim and things like that. You can yeah. understand the, the caliber yeah. Bill Bill is and and definitely yeah. far above my, you know, far above me, but um yeah i you know unfortunately you know even though my goal was to continually match and you know interestingly you know uh shang chi was you know destin's like fourth feature Mm -hmm. um i had shot every feature with destin you know we had we had Mm -hmm. you know short term was our first feature um Mm -hmm. film after that glass castle was our first feature like studio film together Yep. Just Mercy after that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had studio, we had studio credits under our belt. I had done, you know, all of his projects to that point. Shang-Chi was just the one that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, fast forward to now and I'm, you know, I'm working with him right now on a show and, you know, we're talking about future projects and stuff. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, and still to, you know, I still have that same mindset because I know that his projects are only going to get bigger mm-hmm. and I need to try to continue to match that. So my goal is to come, you know, is to continually try to reach a level at which I can continue. We can, yeah. I can continue working with my friend because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, cause we, we, we definitely enjoy working together. We, we have a shorthand. So. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's so cool, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great to just like, you know, again, continually setting small goals and trying yeah. to like achieve them, set achievable, realistic goals. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, I mean, your, your batting record is pretty damn good, uh, for yeah. shooting Dustin's I mean, movies. Been, I've been very lucky, but yeah, yeah. it's, you know, but yeah. it's a constant, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I definitely don't, I don't take my foot off the gas. I really, I really continue to try to, uh, you know, it, it, um i i do i do work at it <laughs> i do yeah, try yeah. you know i continue to try and improve and uh and 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 earn it yeah so i was gonna ask and then we'll i'll i'll stop bugging you about short term one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> uh any okay. fun any fun onset stories that you can recall that were just like you know a really good day you can tell a disaster story if you want to um oh, whatever man. just for the short-term uh, nerds out there like me Oh man. I mean, there's a lot to be honest. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific story that, um, that, that it would be worth, 
<laughs> we're telling. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll I'll lead you into one. I mean, one thing that we talked about uh, about a week ago, you and mm-hmm. I met. Uh, thank you, Brandy Sperry, who was two episodes ago for me, and you guys should go listen to her episode. She's awesome. But um, she, you know, got us on a Zoom together, and we chatted. And one thing I thought was interesting was uh, one of my favorite scenes in Short Twelve, Short Term Twelve, is uh, Lakeith doing the rap to John Gallagher Jr. And it's just such a like, just emotional like. It really draws you in in such yeah. a like visceral way. Um, and you were saying how that wasn't intended to be a one take and just ends up yeah. being a one take. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one great thing that doesn't really happen that often. But, um, you know, I, I hope hope it happens more. And, you know, it. we we yeah. So if anyone's familiar with that with that scene it's it's a yeah. scene where lakeith is rapping mm-hmm. and um it's it's a very emotional moment um mm-hmm. yeah and you yeah. know it, it, we played as such when we when we shot listed it and when we were talking about the coverage for it we did talk about coverage you know we we, we shot we there were like three different angles on that on that mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. and the intention was not to keep it as one shot. The intention was to just shoot it as like, as a, um, as a normal, you know, over, right. over traditional kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we shot it as such, mm-hmm. um, but because we shot, because I, we had a two shot and we had another over, um, and, and at the time I don't as much anymore. I don't operate as much as I did Back then, I operated the entirety of short term with my BCAM operator, um, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you know, our style was very like because it was very documentary in a sense. And we were we even though everything was storyboarded mm-hmm. um, and we had shot listed basically the whole movie before we shot it, mm-hmm. um, we were still very open to interpretation. Letting we were just open to also letting things happen. Um, yeah. So that's why the movie's very handheld because we weren't, we weren't, unless it really had to be specific, we weren't very, we weren't terribly specific. We just knew mm-hmm. what we needed out of things. Um, so Destin always gives me when I'm operating permission to sort of go rogue, like mm-hmm. whatever, as long as I know that he got, he's getting the performance. Yeah. Um, I can, I can sort of, he'll, he'll be like, okay, like do whatever you want on this one. Mm-hmm. And so he just asked me on this, it was like the second take or something. He's like, we got that in the first, like we got it. Mm-hmm. So let's just, um, what, just, can you just do a little push in? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can do a little push in. And I was just going to lean. Mm-hmm. And um, as he was going, I was just leaning and pushing. And I just felt like I should just keep going. I was like, how far can I actually go? And mm-hmm. so I was pushing and pushing and leaning and like, it was terribly uncomfortable. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it looked probably so weird. Cause I was in such a, I wasn't preparing on going as far as I did. And yeah. I was also pulling my own focus. Um, so wow. I was like pulling and like going in and, mm-hmm. and eventually I got to a point where I realized I couldn't, I had hit minimum focus mm-hmm. and I was so close to Lakeith mm-hmm. uh, that I was just, now I was just leaning. Like I kept, I wasn't pulling anymore. I was just mm-hmm. leaning back and forth to keep him in focus. Yep. Right at the minimum. Yeah. Right at yeah. minimum. Yeah. And um, 
you know, we finished the take and like, I didn't, I was like, Oh, cool. Like that was yeah. fun. Alternate angle, kind of a creative yeah, one. And, uh, yeah. and I walked back over to the monitors and Dustin was like, I think that like, I think we could do the, we could keep the whole thing in that one push. And I was like, don't do it. Cause I, all I remember is just like, like <laughs> couldn't tell what to focus. I'm like pushing. It felt very weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to this day, like that's the one shot that most people you know, react to in terms of, in terms of the movie, like yeah. that's a really uh, memorable scene. Mm -hmm. and I think because, because we had planned on doing other coverage and the the fact that we had actually like already got it, mm -hmm. uh, gave me the opportunity to just kind of try something mm -hmm. without the intention of it, you know, being any, the, the, the intention was, was not that this is going to be an amazing shot. Yeah. The, the intention of it was like, I was just really feeling it. Like I was really just like experiencing it. Yeah. You know, it made it in, it made it in. So, you know, it's mm -hmm. one of those moments where, you know, as much as you prepare for something and shot list it and, and storyboard it, mm -hmm. there's those moments, those rare moments on set when you don't anticipate that happening and, and, yep. um, and it, and it, it getting all the way through to the, mm -hmm. you know, final cut. You know, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I mean, that was yeah. that was a great moment where it, there was no intention in that being like one shot, and it just ended up, yeah. you know, being that, which I think, you know, is yeah. is short term in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I've only had a handful of those moments, but they are magical when they happen at a much smaller level. But like mm -hmm. one one time, I remember we were just moving the camera and just kind of yeah. holding it, and it was just like. That looks amazing. Like, yeah, don't like, move the camera. Like, yeah, whatever don't move that it. Is. Yeah. yeah, let's shoot it. And we shot the whole scene like that. And it ended up going in the movie. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, love that, that stuff. That happens all the time. Pay attention to where the camera gets put down. Sometimes it's the it's the best shot that you never thought of. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, okay, so I'll stop hounding you about short term. But I wanted mm -hmm. to ask. So this is something for the screenwriters. That was for the camera nerds. That last little bit. Uh, this will be for the screenwriters. Um, so as a DP, what are some attributes a screenplay can have that kind of draw you in and make you excited about potentially shooting it and signing on? Uh, authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, for myself, mm -hmm. um, I I'm really drawn to stories that feel like authentic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have... I, I, I've had experiences where, um, I mean, I have a pretty eclectic resume in terms of, in terms of, uh, films. Like I have, you do. I have things like short term. I have, you know, I have things like, um, you know, just mercy with Dustin. Um, yeah. uh, I have a Maggie. Some, I have, huh? Maggie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Maggie. I shot. I shot only some inserts on, like some pickups on that. Oh, okay. But, um, uh, I also shot a, a an indie a couple of years ago called the Twenty Fourth. Mm -hmm. Pretty heavy, like very heavy autobiographical content. Mm -hmm. um, but I also have a film like uh, uh, Instant Family, which is yeah. pretty much a broad comedy with Mark Wahlberg and, and Rose Byrne. Yeah. The perfect example is that they sent, I got that script sent to me and I, the log, I, I read the log line. I knew it was a, I knew it was a broad comedy. 
Mm -hmm. I almost already pretty much passed on it because I'm not, I don't intend, like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. don't think that my, um, uh, I I just wasn't interested. I'm just not interested in broad comedy. Yeah. Um, But what I learned after I sort of passed on it and my agent at the time reiterated to me was that the script, the script is a true story based based on the writer's experiences with it, with him adopting his kids. And the, this, the, this, this, the instant family is about a family, Mark and his wife who are later in life, like later in, you know, they weren't really planning on having kids. They eventually decide maybe we should adopt. They're a little, they, they're a little late on maybe having their own, but they were like, they're willing to adopt. Mm-hmm. They end up adopting three abroad, mm-hmm. like uh, siblings, three siblings, mm-hmm. and hilarity ensues. Of course, like what, like they're like one's a preteen, teenager, the, you know, and then the younger. So mm-hmm. you get kind of, you kind of, they kind of caught up with themselves in a sense. For um, sure. But it, but it was the true story of Sean, who actually later in their, you know, in their relationship, adopted three siblings mm-hmm. and and that changed my whole perspective on the script when i read it you know even though yeah. it's it's a broad comedy even though it is mm-hmm. um you know mark Wahlberg, you know on the on the poster mm-hmm. um, who's actually a great actor um mm-hmm. of course Mark's also a really great guy yeah um the i while making the film mm-hmm. And after, like even to this day, mm-hmm. um, people not they don't want to come up to me and be like, "Wow, Instant Family is such a great film." They mm-hmm. will, but mm-hmm. but more importantly, they'll be like, uh, like they'll the experience of adoption and the and you know the mm-hmm. um, the broad topic of that is mm-hmm. is very much like our first AC on the film was like, hey, I just like I want to let you know, like this is real, like this film is really important to me. He's like, I was adopted, mm. and so he had a very personal connection to that. Um, I, you know, I think adoption is um, a topic that you don't realize is is very common. Like either oh, yeah. people from an adopted family people have adopted people Mm -hmm. are adopted Mm -hmm. it's very common that isn't talked about very often Mm -hmm. so for me to be able to have a small part in that conversation is the most important thing about that film regardless of like its it's genre Mm -hmm. um so that so so that's like a perfect example of of me of the of how i've looked at many scripts that are you know, uh, comedies just for comedy's sake, just for a mm-hmm. joke. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, I just don't relate to it. And I don't, I can't, I can't really find a common, you know, commonality yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, but if there's something that is authentic, like an mm-hmm. authentic story, mm-hmm. then I definitely am drawn to that mostly. So, yeah. Especially if it's based, if it's a real story, that really to me is like, um yeah ideal i really love mm-hmm. things that are based in and from reality mm-hmm. um so that's why some you know 
most of the ones that I'm most proud of are are the ones that are like social like social commentary again because yeah. you know to be able to have have a piece of a conversation that you know should be being had um, yeah. or to start a conversation mm -hmm. it brings okay. a certain importance yeah. to a film you know that yeah. this, is, this is a real thing that we should all be thinking about or yeah and, and the fact there. that you and the, yeah and like the you know and the fact that um i was having a um <laughs> i think we were talking about it mm -hmm. um but say like my my choice in the films that I do versus the films that I actually watch are are completely opposite of one another. Yeah. Um, as my, I mean, I will watch you know I will watch all movies. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, making a movie to me, you know, there's a there's a different emotional connection to making something than to watching it. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, my 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 preference is is definitely things that are that have an authenticity to them, and not yeah. just for shock value or just for for mm -hmm. pure entertainment. You know, it can yeah. be any movie, mm -hmm. um, but if it has a real um, sensibility to it, you know, mm -hmm. that that's authentic. Then I that's what I'm really really drawn to. So yeah i love that and i think you're not alone in that too i think just yeah. you know producers directors uh, you know actors you know that they're, is usually yeah, top they're of the, yeah they're hard to come by to you know they're they're not of like yeah like, like short supply and i'm mm -hmm. and some you know some are you know some scripts are very intended to be that but just don't yep. come across that way really you know yeah uh, yeah so it's a real hard thing and and i i think that one thing that i've been very lucky is that um, you know? Luckily, short term was was sort of my my uh, entry into that. Where people, when people do look at my body of work, short term's in there, and so they are aware of the. Luckily, that stuff comes to me a little bit easier than maybe it comes to other people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, I know everyone, you know, obviously everyone wants those scripts and everyone wants, wants that type of work, but yeah, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the type of, you, you don't get pigeonholed, but you definitely, your body of work definitely drives what people send you or what people think of you for. Yeah. And so I've been really lucky that short term is, is within that um, mm -hmm. list because then it, it, it gives me some sort of credibility in that in that type of, in that type of work. So. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's pretty top of the food chain for me. It's up there as far mm -hmm. as just like authentic, authentic, authentic. And uh, yeah. And, and Destin, if I remember this right, he had worked at a place similar to the, it's, right. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is again, key. It short term could easily be looked at as like, you know, you can't just you can't just shrug it off because it's from his personal experiences working in a short term facility, yeah. uh, which was actually called Short Term Twelve. That's mm -hmm. where the, the name came from. Exactly what he the place he was working. Yeah. And so when you're doing something like that and you're shooting scenes like that, mm -hmm. you can be confident that you're not just. Um, 
doing anything for the sake of doing it. It's all coming from a real authentic place, all from truth. Like it is, it is the way it is. And that's the the biggest thing I can, you know, the biggest compliment when people, when, when that people can give me about short-term is that, or that I've heard about short-term, not necessarily my work in it, um, is that, oh, I worked in a short-term facility. Like I, Mm -hmm. and they're like, it's, this is, it felt real. You know, and so when, mm-hmm. so you can you can have the confidence in doing those things that that you're representing it well. Yep. Um, um, and that's really the most important the important thing. Because mm-hmm. um, if not, then it doesn't hold weight. You know, it doesn't no. really resonate, and you can't trust it. But yeah. Um. So so that's that's really really important. And yeah. So I was really yeah. It's really lucky. And that was also one thing that. I felt going into the short, mm-hmm. um, deciding to do it because I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't a short that was just, he wrote it just because, you know, short film, short film scripts are like, you know, everyone's yeah. trying to do the the film school thing. I mean, my, I mean, I can't, I, all the shorts I ever wrote were way, I mean, definitely not what I'm even <laughs> talking about. Like I'm totally guilty of everything that I, I yeah. don't look for. Scripts. Um, for sure. <laughs> But, you know, it was like kind of one of the first times that I read a script that I went, oh, this is like a real thing. Like, this is like, you can mm-hmm. trust this author, you know, you can trust mm-hmm. this, this, this director and portraying this because he knows it. So, yeah. so you, you trust it and you, so, yeah. so that, I think that's where I learned it pr- pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said as a screenwriter that if I was going to write a movie about a dentist, I would love for dentists to read it and be like, yeah, that <clears throat> that's what it's like, you know, and exactly. just. You got to do your research. You got to, even if it's going out and interviewing people who work in facilities like that, or if it's not your lived experience, um, it makes all the difference in the world. So, you know, screenwriters and most screenwriters know that, but don't take that lightly. Yeah, Um, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I made you Mm -hmm. drag on a little bit about short term. No, it's okay. I drag on my, I just drag on by nature. Oh no, no. It was great, man. Uh, so I did want to ask because you're someone who has had like these kind of long lasting relationships with someone like Destin, but then like Brie Larson, you've worked mm-hmm. with repeatedly and um, you even got to shoot her directorial debut. Um, mm-hmm. Wondering, you know, uh, how important is it in your mind? Like, you know, I mean, we talked about networking. We talked about, you mm-hmm. know, forming collaborations that, you know, with, you know, good luck turn into friendships that are more yeah. than just business. But, um, you know, how what what do you look for i guess in what makes you want to return to working with folks like that i mean obviously they're very talented but um you know what is it that keeps drawing you in with certain individuals um i mean filmmaking filmmaking is a um collaborative yeah. effort you know mm-hmm. um it's definitely not one person making making it Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I mean, you do become, I mean, inherently you become some sort of a family on set, mm-hmm. like, especially, you know, director, DP relationship, DP production designer, like everyone is, is very involved in everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a group, it's a group activity. Mm-hmm. And you are a family, either you're, either you're, um, I mean, 
I've had all experiences in terms of, of working relationships, like really great working relationships, you know, just mediocre, like subpar and like terrible, just sort of, wow, I, this one just is not going. Yeah. And this, this one will happen again. And it really comes down to the dynamic of, of the people of, of working with people and, and everyone works differently. Each mm-hmm. direct, each director I've worked with works differently than the other director. My, my position as a cinematographer shifts depending on what that director's needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some directors are, are super visual. Some directors are not visual at all. Mm-hmm. So my role is different every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on how, what, what you, the, the, you know, when you're, interviewing for a job or you're or you're talking directors about work you're you're really trying to understand what your role in this in this relationship is like what what am i what do i need to bring to this to Mm -hmm. to get you what you're after am Mm -hmm. i just there to um facilitate um uh you know am i just there to facilitate it you know for you like put it, put it, you know, which each version and there's no wrong way. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy all of it. Um, sometimes I'm making the entire shot list and shot design and everything. Sometimes it's very specific down to even like them knowing the lighting they're after. And I'm just helping facilitate it for them and create the space for them to do so. Mm -hmm. Or am I, you know, or am I, you know, creating everything? for them, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, or in between, you know, it, it's, it's really mm-hmm. depends, it, mm-hmm. but what it really comes down to is relationships. It really just comes down to, oh, it, it comes down to relationships and trust because everyone, the directors are very much having to trust, um, who they bring onto, onto their films. For sure. You know, um, not mm-hmm. only not only from a from a technical level, not only from like, you know, um, just to like in a working relationship. As every day on set is a is a battle. You know, mm-hmm. you're battling time and weather and you know personalities and yeah, and so when you when you have a good experience on a set, um, on a project of any size, mm-hmm. there is something very special when you can walk away from and go, I really enjoyed working with that person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. whatever that was meant a lot because mm-hmm. you are, I have to facilitate something for that director to accomplish what, what they're after. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you, to be honest, I could not tell you why Destin continues to work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not terribly important to me what what that is, because I just, you know, I just try to continue to do what I can, you know, to, to do that. But mm-hmm. I'll, I know for a fact that there is some unsaid, unspoken thing. I mean, it's not surprising, right? Like when you look at other directors, like Christopher Nolan and the, you know, Martin Scorsese and, you know, top, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. directors, you know, sure. they might, they might switch, you know, every so often, but, you know, 
that might not be up to them, mm-hmm. but they do surround themselves with, you can see time and time again, that, that there are people who surround themselves and work with the same people. Yeah. yeah. Same um, editor, the same. Yeah. Yeah, sure. because, there's, because there is a comfortability and a trust with those people that you you that is is in a, invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, when you know, like Bree, for example, we, you know, we had the history of of short term, and then into Glass Castle, and you mm-hmm. know, uh, and then you know, she was in Just Mercy as well, and so uh, mm-hmm. you know, we had something you know I'll, again i don't really know why yeah. she, why she, she tapped me to do unicorn but mm-hmm. um there's there must there must have been some sort of trust and and you know uh in the ability for her to to let me collaborate on that with her absolutely yeah uh, so yeah i mean i think it's a very special unspoken kind of thing but mm-hmm. to go through to go through something like making a, a film Mm-hmm. or a project with with people and to then go back and be able to do it again that's the biggest compliment for me is yeah. when someone wants me back when i have sure. i have the opportunity to 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 collaborate collaborate with them again mm-hmm. that's the biggest compliment i could ever have on anything that i've been a part of because mm-hmm. that means that regardless of aesthetic or or regardless of you know what i'm judging critiquing myself on, you know, on the screen. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it, the more important thing is that there, you know, there's a connection, you know, it, you really yeah. are like making a, a really dear friend for, you know, um, however long, however long you're on a job. Yeah. Um, and when it's good, it's, it's really, really great when it's, when it's difficult, that's, <laughs> it's not so great it yeah. happens it's, sometimes it's unavoidable mm. um but you know uh it just it makes the other it makes the ones that um are, are sweet much much sweeter yeah you appreciate them <laughs> and good, yeah, more. good yeah. to realize yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah um cool so i wanted to ask and uh you know this this can be loose it's not like a uh and all be all, but of the projects that you've been a part of, do you mm-hmm. have a favorite? And I would ask why. Um, well, I have, I mean, I think I like all of them for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. I am kind of going back to kind of going back to like the, the choosing, choosing a project. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I did this, like I mentioned, I did this, 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 in this real small feature called the 24th mm-hmm. um and it was it was it's about the 1918 houston riots um okay. there was a there was a um it's about um in houston at camp logan mm-hmm. there was a, an infantry of uh buffalo soldiers mm-hmm. uh, that just came back from the war and they were stationed just outside of houston uh all black um military outfit mm-hmm. and they were at the 24th infantry mm-hmm. um they um they were met with um not such they weren't they weren't treated as military and veterans literally from coming right back for fight, fighting for the war mm-hmm. um 
and the local the local um mili- uh the local law enforcement and town were not kind and treated them as second class and were very abusive racially mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to the point where um they were met with such hostility um that they were um they were learned they learned to believe that one of the one of the um one of the soldiers was killed by like by the police in -hmm. town while they were in town Mm -hmm. which led to the infantry going into the going into houston and basically rioting and and at the time they shot up the whole town wow Uh, they killed a few people um and uh they they were i mean not to get too 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 into it but they were Mm -hmm. obviously convicted um Mm -hmm. and they were sentenced they were sentenced to death um but um which the the reason why i mean it was a tiny movie it was really difficult to make because it's a period piece Mm -hmm. um it's the subject matter is is not easy yeah and again like um if it if it was just a if it wasn't a true story Mm -hmm. i definitely would not have been interested but the Mm -hmm. but the writer um the writer director was was definitely you know was definitely knew that what they were talking about and and was was written very well Mm -hmm. um the uh it's a story that when you tell people, even from Houston, they are not, they weren't aware of this story. Like it's been buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting thing. And it's, it's the more and more you, you, the more and more of these projects that come out, you realize there's so much history that you've never heard. Never oh, heard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, but basically the reason why I would say that it's, 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 one of the top ones that I've been a part of is one, it's a great story and it's, it's a story that needs to be told. It's mm-hmm. a great, it's, it's, it's um, important to learn. But mm-hmm. um, so as of like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. someone sent me this post on Instagram from the Houston Chronicle and the, it was said the U S army has overturned convictions of 110 black soldiers in the 1917 Houston riot at camp Logan. Wow. Not that our film accomplished that, mm-hmm. but maybe it helped some sense of a conversation. Yeah, um, but I mean, the fact that yeah. the fact that um, a story that no one really knows about ninety percent of you know people who live in this country probably don't know that story, and people mm-hmm. who who also have you know, from Houston has never have, have told me specifically, I'm from Houston. I've never heard that story in my life. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, I can be a part of a, again, a, a conversation about this. Yeah. And that, you know, um, it, it, you know, that to me is, is way more important than, 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 you know, anything. Um, so, uh, that, that, uh, article really, um, made me me proud to be a part of that oh yeah wow yeah that's super important yeah and i would not doubt 
dude, that the film had something to do with it. I mean, just because we live in an age now where, you know, many people are just more socially aware and uh-huh. uh, and willing to use their voices and to stand up against, you know, things that were very wrong from even a long time ago. So right. I wouldn't be surprised, man, if just getting that conversation started with your film, a lot of people were like, hang on, this shit happened? Like, are you kidding yeah. me? And, you know, it spreads. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've, I mean, I've been, I've been a part of a couple of films that are, that are, you know, pretty, so pretty socially mm-hmm. social conversations and, and, and writing that line. And um, it's, it's uncomfortable to, to be a part of, um, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, that story is, um, Sure, it happened in 1917, but also it's very, very. Um, you could you could basically, you know, uh, run it all the way up to today and, and see yeah. that you know, yeah, there's a lot to be <laughs> there's a lot it's, to work on. It's incredibly um, depressing it, when you realize as much as as you think. I mean, it's yeah. changed in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. also there's there is a lot that hasn't changed that you know, I, you know, um, I think is again, like important mm-hmm. to talk about. So the fact yeah. that I can be a part of something, some sense of that conversation, um, mm-hmm. even though it's just visual, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I, I didn't write it, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I was just a collaborator and I, I just made the visuals for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's the way I can, I can, you know, have my part, part in that is to, you know, to explore those things. So yeah, that's one really, um, that one's really, really important in terms of that. Um, yeah. but you know, like unicorn story is just super fun. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't do enough. Is. I don't do enough unicorn stories. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like, <laughs> right. just, a, just a fun, <clears throat> stuff, fun, weird kind of, uh, coming of age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the heavy stuff is good, but, you know, also being able to flex your, your, your weird muscles is, is good too. Definitely. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool, man. Uh, I did want to ask, do you have anything that you want to plug at all? I mean, uh, you know, uh, I don't really have much to plug. I'm not okay. really on Instagram. I don't, I mean, you're happy to, I'm happy to have you follow me, but I'm, don't expect yeah. <laughs> any posts. Yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah, I uh, no, I don't I don't really have many much stuff to, to plug. Yeah, um, laying low. Uh if you want to send me a Vimeo or something, I'll, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean if you're in I mean my site is just brettpollock.com. If if oh, okay. looking at brettpollock.com. Yeah, brettpollock.com is my is my site, and then you can kind of see um some of my some of my work there. Um okay. yeah, and other than that, Instagram is is at Brettspo. So Okay, sweet. Um, and I have one final question for you. We've reached the end and I appreciate it. Uh, a few words of advice that you would give to some filmmakers out there, especially to those who are just getting started. Oh man, the landscape has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Since I started making films and started a career. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I would do at this point if I was just starting out. Yeah. Um, but um you know i again i think that it comes back to it really comes back to um reputation and relationships 
You know, I mean, yeah. I think there's, I think there's, I mean, I think that, yeah, it's, it, it is the, we're at the point now where, you know, you hear everyone, everyone can say like, just do like, get out there and do it. Like the iPhones mm-hmm. are so amazing. Now you don't have an excuse to not shoot something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's definitely worth taking advantage of all the technology that we have, um, mm-hmm. you know, do you know, yeah, I really think working on your craft is really important in whatever capacity that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you, if you're a DP and you, you want to go out and make, try and shoot with your iPhone, like definitely mm-hmm. helps like observing light in any capacity mm-hmm. is, um, is important. Um, mm-hmm. but also we're, you know, definitely don't, um, the one I wouldn't say I wouldn't, I'm not an advocate for film school. Mm-hmm. Um, go to film school. If you feel like it's necessary, don't go to film school. If you don't, if you're not interested, mm-hmm. but the only thing that I would say is, especially as anyone who's, you know, a DP production designer, um, anyone who director, especially, mm-hmm. um, the more, you know, and understand and appreciate story mm-hmm. um, in all those capacities is hugely beneficial. So mm-hmm. as much as the DP can go out and learn cinematography and light a room, mm-hmm. you have to understand what you're lighting it for. You know, mm-hmm. you have to understand that, you know, ignore just lighting it to make it look cool. It can definitely look cool, but that, whatever that is has to be supported by the story mm-hmm. and the, what you're trying to say. Cause story mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, story is King. It really is like, if yeah. you don't have a good story, your cinematography is not going to have the impact that it does, no matter how cool it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much weight as you put into learning the visuals, definitely lean in and, and, and put some time towards, um, writing and story structure mm-hmm. um you know the more you understand about story the more you understand about um how to tell those stories um you know is ben- very beneficial to your work mm-hmm. um so uh i would say i would say that you know technology is moving very quickly and everyone has the ability to to learn as much as they want you know, mm-hmm. these days and whatever, you know, you can really go down the rabbit hole of anything and, and really learn it mm-hmm. fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would definitely try to, if you're a, if whatever you are, if you're a writer, I would lean into something opposite. I would, I would look into cinematography and see what good cinematography means. Cause it will help mm-hmm. you visualize your story. If you're a good yep cinematographer start looking into writing if you're a production designer you know kind of look into the opposite direction of, mm-hmm. of what your actual focus is because yeah. you will it will impact your work subconsciously so oh, yeah learn it all <laughs> the yeah. more you know literally the better the better it's gonna be so yeah um, learn as much as you can look look into all aspects of filmmaking mm-hmm. um, it's all going to be beneficial so yeah, I would 100% agree. I would say especially for directors because you you really directors, should know as a director what you're asking of people. Directors need so. to know. Yeah, it. I mean, 
directors should know a lot. They should know mm-hmm. a little bit about everything because you yeah. def you need to you do need to know what you're asking for. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I mean you don't have to know everything, and no. you have to know exactly what lens you're you're trying to shoot on. You don't have to know exactly the lighting that mm-hmm. you're requesting, mm-hmm. but you do need to talk in a way. I mean, that's why I think story is so important because mm. don't need to talk technical, but if you can talk in story and you mm. can talk in theme mm-hmm. and motivation, yes, that's a lot. That's a lot of it. That's more, yeah. that's more than that's more conversation. I have more conversations in just tone mm-hmm. than I do technical, even me to my gaffer. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk to my gaffer, I don't, I'm not speaking in like, the you know let's put an area three s360 over there with a da 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 and like a mm-hmm. quarter of this and mm-hmm. i'm i'm saying you know when i first describe what i'm trying to do it's more tonal it's very much yeah. like i'm trying to make this feel like this like yeah. this is the here's vibe what's going doing. on in this scene this is the vibe and, yeah this mm-hmm. is what we're doing you know very yeah. very tonal story yeah. you know, story you know mm-hmm. telling a story in that image yeah. so love that so yeah Awesome, man. Well, that's great advice. And uh, yeah, dude, I just appreciate you doing this, really. Um, yeah, my thanks pleasure. for taking the time. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Great to be here. Thanks. All right, y'all. Episode 39 is in the books. I want to thank Brett Pollock for coming on the show. It was a great interview and a pleasure getting to talk to someone who worked uh, on, you know, one of my favorite movies, a movie that is near and dear to my heart. Um, just a beautiful story, a beautiful little indie film, and a magical moment in time where a bunch of really really talented people got together before the world knew just how talented and great that they were um are so yeah it was a great episode i hope you guys got something out of this one i know it's a little different than what i usually do here but um you know we try to tell all the filmmaking stories from this beautiful thing that we tried to do that is a very collaborative effort um none of us could do it by ourselves if you guys like this episode, you can please talk about it on social media at Social Writer Pod. Say something smart that Brett said. Say something dumb that I said. If you'd like to donate to the show, you can do that at our bio on social media at the Linktree link. There's a PayPal link. I appreciate it if you can. If you can't, that's okay too. I hope you enjoy the episode anyway. That's about it, guys. I really hope that everyone's doing well. As I said at the top, um, had a good January and just keep it moving. You know, let's all just keep it moving and keep it grinding. Uh, I wish the best for everyone. I hope that everyone enters this new nickel competition that has a 5,500 entry cap on it with one script per person. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. I haven't really thought about it, but I will say that it's cool that the nickel isn't all about money because that's basically all they're doing is turning down money and All I'll say, too, is that the people who get in are going to be the ones who have their script ready to go right whenever the first deadline hits. So be one of those people if you want to submit to the nickel this year. I highly recommend it. The nickel is, you know, I was only a semifinalist in the nickel, and it really got me a lot of things going. It got me a manager. Um, It does great things for people. So I highly recommend it. And good luck to you guys if you do submit. 
that's it guys i will talk to you next time i have a really cool episode that i'm recording tomorrow that i'm really excited about and i think you guys will be too i'll talk to you next time okay oh, bye-bye the social screenwriters pod